When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We here at the Fumbling Four Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Once again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Something that might interest you. <laughs> well, welcome back to the Resident Evil Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me, as usual, is my fellow hosts, Ariel. Hello there. And Daniel. Bye there. <laughs> oh, God. I really wanted to whine, like, possibly as soon as you started your intro, <laughs> even if it didn't. I probably would have choked you. <laughs> uh, so, today... We're going right back to the Resident Evil live action series on Netflix with episode two, Electric Boogaloo. No. <laughs> Actually, the episode's title is The Devil You Know. Yep. I really hope this episode three is The Devil You Didn't Know. Uh, No. Oh. No, episode three is The Light. So, The Devil You Know, episode two. Uh, okay, so uh, you want to give us some uh, production synopsis here? Nope. I no? did that in the first. That's for... That so we're not doing any more synopsis. I mean, I could do like the the synopsis of the episode. It's like a little paragraph. I could do that if you'd like. Isn't that Ariel's? Well, she does the big plot. Yeah, I kind of just do the whole... The synopsis is just like three sentences. Go for it, Daniel. All right, so according to the synopsis, to elude Umbrella, Jade seeks help from an unlikely source. As Albert tries to cover for his daughters, Billy begins to exhibit troubling symptoms. Of death. Ta-da. Bum, bum, bum. Insert plot armor. Tink. (laughs) Um, All right, Ariel, so what do we got for the now? So... No, we're doing the then, which is 2022. Okay, yeah, that's what I meant. Aaron's at a different time. So let me go through a quick little plot here of the 2022. So Billy 
lying dead on the ground, suddenly regains consciousness, gasps and sits up. Jada being super, super excited about that. Since the security system was tripped, Umbrella Security Service has placed the city under lockdown. And while Jade is checking on Billy, their dear old dad comes, noticing that the key card was gone, and so were the girls. So he comes, starts checking out Billy, and then tells Jade to take her sister out through the side door and go home. Do not go to a hospital. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Darn it. How else do you make money? (laughs) So Jade being understandably upset about this keeps pressing that she needs a hospital and he pulls out his scary Albert Wesker alter ego and says, go home. So they end up leaving. The guards come and surround Albert. He says that he had been working late and everything shut down and that it was basically a cyber attack. The cyber attack released the security lock on the dog's crate. He had ended up covering himself with some of the dog's blood to make it look like he was the one that had killed him. And then in walks Evelyn Marcus. Like her last name there, Marcus. Nice little reference. Marcus, yeah. So she doesn't believe him. And starts making little sly comments, saying that there were no demands. So she doesn't think that the motive was money if this was a cyber attack and... You know, starts really getting suspicious until she starts getting ambushed by her concerned wife, Diana, giving Wesker the ability to kind of take off. So back at home, he checks Billy out, tells them that the dog was there for a rare genetic disease, and that's why he looked like that. He says that she's not going to suffer the same disease, has no need to be quarantined. So Al basically says, don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody this happened, that Umbrella will severely punish them all. So in the morning, Jade starts investigating the... Umbrella's Tijuana lab incident, but is then blocked because Umbrella's like, nope, you can't look at stuff like that. So Al ends up taking her to school, leaving Billy home just as a precaution. And at work, Al then examines Billy's blood under a microscope and injects it into a rat to examine. The rat then begins convulsing. And then Albert injects himself with more of Billy's blood to stabilize his condition. So Jade arrives to school. 
She gets told from one of her friends that Simon has gotten a hold of a way to get through Umbrella's firewall. She then goes to Simon, says, hey, I need to get through. He shows her. She gets on UmbrellaTruth.com and ends up leaving her email for them to get a hold of her. So back at Umbrella, Wesker talks with Evelyn in her office. She wants him to fix the issues with Joy before it gets released in two months. He doesn't think it's a great idea, that it needs more testing, that it needs a basic overall, just let's just scratch it and redo it. But she's like, nah, this goes now. She then starts shifting it to Wesker's physical ailment, which only she knows about. And says how she's noticed it's gone from weekly injections to daily now from his cute little blood bags. So that's interesting. So meanwhile, while this is going on, Billy is at home. She's looking at herself in a mirror and starts getting sick. She starts puking. And notices that Pablo, the little puppy, doesn't like her now. Jade ends up getting a video call with Angel Rubio. He is an investigative reporter. He who has become obsessed with the incident rates at Umbrella. He then tells about how last week a researcher went on a rampage and killed nine people three days after being bitten by a lab animal. Nobody ever heard of the story because Umbrella kept it hush-hush, of course. Their conversation, however, is cut short when the teacher finds Jade and tells her to go back to class. And the reporter is then shocked to hear her last name, Wesker. In the meantime, Billy then takes Pablo on a walk, but... He doesn't want to be anywhere near. He keeps pulling on the leash and ends up wriggling free from his collar. She runs after him and a man scoops up the dog and then becomes suspicious because the dog wants nothing to do with Billy and thinks that she is dog napping him and says he's just going to take the dog to the shelter. She gets frustrated, punches the guy in the face takes Pablo and leaves. At home, then she begins bleeding from her mouth. Then it shoots back to the rat who starts getting extremely violent and starts smashing into the glass. And that is the plot of the then 2022 in episode two. So that leaves us with discussion of the now. Um, no, this is then. That, it's whatever. Then now, I meant like now as in 2020. Never mind. No, I don't believe you. <sighs> no one ever does. No one ever does. <laughs> Point is, we're talking about the then. 
So, uh, who wants to start us off here? So, let's start off at the beginning. What did you think about Billy just waking up? She seemed very clearly dead at the end of episode one. Plot armor. I said it for both me and Daniel. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I, for normal people watching this, I feel like that would have been a good cliffhanger. For people that are longtime Resident Evil fans, it was not a very good cliffhanger. We knew exactly what was going to happen. I also want, I think they want to show that it's not into the T-virus parts, like the term of it yet. Because whatever this joy is, if it's just like an aspect of the T-virus, you know it's not full term like the T-virus is. Yeah, because essentially if she had been dead at the end of episode one, if this was like you're saying the full blown, you know, she would have waken up as a zombie. Which, I mean, even being a potential part of it, she could still become it as we've seen she's been having issues, but we don't know what exactly happens with her. Right. Exactly. And the Tijuana incident doesn't help their case in that. <laughs> the Tijuana incident. <laughs> That's what it was. I know, but every time I hear somebody say the Tijuana incident, I can only help, I can't help but think about like the 90s movies where they were like, you know, when they talk about that one incident that happened and they're always like, oh, it's the Tijuana incident. Or is the, oh, it's the Cuba incident. Or the... The Raccoon City incident. Yeah, they, they just... They, they always... It's always like Tijuana or Cuba or like some island off the coast incident. Just makes me laugh every time. This one should. Real scientist died. Real scientist died. <laughs> in, in a Netflix show. But yeah, the. So. I'm glad they circled back quickly to the Tijuana incident. And I'm glad we got some outsider interaction involving the Tijuana incident. Oh, with the mm -hmm. investigative journalist? Yeah. Because I thought for sure it was going to be one of these things where somehow the teenager is going to be smart enough to hack into Umbrella, you know, pharmaceutical documents and find all the info you know you know that usual bull crap where they're like oh we're gonna move the plot along without introducing an outside party i'm glad that they basically made her like any other kid her age would go oh, i'm gonna look stuff up here and then i'm gonna contact someone yeah so i do have a question before i bring up the next point so in this it said that um marcus yeah it's marcus was her name right yeah, Evelyn mm. Marcus. That she encountered a uh, past viral outbreak when she was younger. Did they say what it was? I don't think they did, no. Okay. I just wanted to clarify that before I brought up my point of outbreak. So the other thing I wondered is uh, they, so they say that uh, Evelyn Marcus had that viral outbreak happen in the past when she was younger. So probably before she was CEO kind of wonder what that was and if that's the case if you already have this issue with joy doing what it's doing wouldn't you be more safety conscious I mean we very well could argue this is an alternate universe 
right? We could argue that the T-virus incident was, in fact, the first viral outbreak, hence the name New Raccoon City. And she could have been a survivor of the old Raccoon City incident. Could possibly be. I mean, clearly, though, just looking at her and just watching her on the screen, she's evil as fuck. Mm. So I could see her now like, oh, I'm going to take the T-virus from the incident when I was young and use it to try to control people with this joy. See if I can't modify the T-virus and kind of make it do what I want it to do. Which I could see that if they reference that since like in the games for the most part some of our incidences are isolated so like when raccoon city is destroyed you don't really hear much about like any zombies or anything in the nearby area getting out into the public most of the time our other incidences are caused by you know black market mm-hmm. selling of bow's or the virus stuff like that so i guess i could see that as a potential theory yeah that's <sighs> That's where I'm leaning. I'm thinking I'm leaning into the T virus outbreak did canonically happen in this universe, but not in the same way. Yeah. That's what I want to bring up. I want to know what's going on with Wesker. Why is he injecting himself now even more often? What's wrong with him and his cute little blood bags? Now, what were they going with with that? What's going on with the girls that he now takes their blood? See, it's interesting. If if we're going with the outbreak, what I think is that I'm thinking Wesker had something to do with the outbreak. From the original. From the original. And he was infected. And somehow they've manufactured an antivirus through human genetics. And the antivirus is contained in those two's blood. Possibly. That could also account for the reason why Billy didn't instantaneously change upon death. She had some antibodies that help fight off mm-hmm. the joy virus. I'm also thinking that we keep hearing, and this comes into the later part of the episode, we keep hearing things about the sisters waiting. I think Billy's bad guy in the future. I think it has something to do with this now incident. Yeah, I could see that. Because if... In episode one, when... Baxter was like, oh, I'm taking you back to your, to your sister. Your sister wants you. And Jade not going willingly and decides to actually jump off a fucking building do a crowd full of zombies. There's something more going on. Mm-hmm. Why didn't she want to see your sister? She's a G-virus mutant. The- I'm actually leaning towards that. She is essentially our superhuman Wesker. 
Yes, possibly. I mean, it would be... It wouldn't be too far off the Resident Evil franchise to make one twin good and the other twin evil. Because we kind of headed in that direction when we had the original twins in Code Veronica. I don't know. I think they were both just... Oh, they were both... Oh, yeah. Both very evil, but one was less evil than the other. So that's why I say we were leaning in that direction. The one had lost his shit. Yeah, one had lost his shit. (laughs) So I said they weren't necessarily... They were definitely evil. Just one was a little less evil than the other. So I was like, it's leaning in that direction anyway. So, yeah, the the blood thing bringing it full circle here, I firmly believe is Wesker taking antibodies and um, using the blood for antivirus. But the antivirus is getting weaker. Yeah, or his body's just becoming more immune to it. Mm-hmm. I like it. So then with the joy being a medicine, it's a test medicine, does that mean they have like a a dormant virus in there? Or is it like manufactured that way? Like, I mean, I know you, we get, you can get side effects where it causes your moods to do certain things or stuff like that. But are we leaning forward that there is a virus or it's just a medicine that's causing it? I think it's a partial remainder of what the T-virus was. Yeah. Something dormant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering to see what how joy makes you go from point A to point B. I firmly believe it's some remnants of the T-virus are in within the capsules. Yeah, I think so too. And I think maybe Wesker is trying to do the good thing as in, let's try to tweak with this so we can use it for good, such as the whole curing the depression thing. Yet, I think Evelyn is like not disclosing that she has ulterior motives for getting joy out because they even make it for kids now. So now it's all, you know, humans essentially. Either it's weaponized or I believe her intentions are either weaponization or money. I'm leaning more towards money. Yeah, something too. So, are we under the assumption that in this case, Wesker's more of like an anti-hero? Like he's trying to redeem something from the past. Like, because I mean, he's still we've seen him go after like the IT guy for his daughter dealing with that. So we know he won't hold back, but he seems to be like so far he wants to be good, but he's still got those tendencies that like he's gonna do what he needs to to. Yeah, because it's very much insinuated that he knows what's going on and he knows what's in Joy, but he wants to stop. He he wants to stop it. He wants to tweak it. He wants to be able to make it so it's not that these aren't the side effects, that this isn't the outcome. So me, seems like he's seeking redemption so far. Like, I, I kind of feel like he's done something. Maybe that's why he's the way he is, because he did something in the past and now he's exposed to it and he's 
not necessarily trying to exactly help himself, but because of it, he's trying to prevent it from happening again. In this case, Wesker seems like a, a good person for the most part. I mean, I haven't seen the rest of the series, so I can't specify. Yeah, I think as of right now, it definitely is like portraying Wesker as a good guy, yet he does questionable things and he knows like he knows about all the incidents and everything else. Well, you also okay. So you also have to think about he also had the antivirus or he had the virus program to shut down all the computers. He's the reason all the computers and everything was wiped and everything kaput kaput. Because he was covering up for his daughters. Mm-hmm. But why the fuck do you have that just readily accessible? Well, he's high ranking, but maybe. Yeah, but you wouldn't even high ranking people in a company like that wouldn't have a kill switch program just readily available to kill the entire, basically the entire storage facility. Well, if they're basing him or at least part of him off of the original Wesker, the canon Wesker was always 20 steps ahead of everything. Oh, yeah. So if they're kind of basing it off of that, I could see this Wesker having that kill switch on hand at all times, just in case. Maybe not necessarily for his daughters, but for anything, for yeah, any purpose. In case of the scenario, this is what I need to do. Well, and that's what I'm getting at here is that somebody with the intention to use it is the only person who's going to carry it. So either it was a last ditch effort kill, kill command or he was using it in the event that he can't convince Marcus to not release a drug. He was just going to kill the data. He was going to kill everything and shut everything down to prevent the release of the drug. Yeah, but that would seem too convenient. That's why it was like when he made like he had it to where he's like, well, don't we have every, all the information on the backups for the research? I think if he would have wiped everything that would have incriminated him so much being there yeah but I like Ariel said he's a 20 step guy 20 always 20 steps ahead the kill switch was a distraction because right, he also, went in like like took all of the security camera yeah. footage and everything so and he would have known that all of the research and stuff was on backup so it's not like that would have been ruined and setting everybody back yeah, and I think he is, like, even if this is the case, if he was purely for his daughter's sake and was just getting rid of the security footage and he knew that that was going to happen or it was a potential risk, he knew better that it was going to happen. You know what I mean? That The no, research I, being deleted could have just been the effect. He knew he had that capability, but in order to get rid of that security evidence, he had to race. Oh, no, it. I'm not arguing any of that. What I'm saying is, is that you guys keep talking about him being the antihero. Potentially. What I'm saying is I can see where you're coming from, especially when the evidence they put on the table is this man had a readily available kill switch. He chose to use it to save his daughters, but he had a readily available kill switch, which means he was planning to use it for other purposes. You don't just have a kill switch on hand that high up on the food chain because. So I'm thinking it was a plan he had when Joy inevitably got released without his approval. He was just going to kill the program to prevent a second coming of the incident, so to speak. I'm going to give him the benefit for right now. I'm not. Because I think this is a setup on a setup. 
I think they're painting Wesker to be a good guy, and we're going to find out later that he's an a- he's been an asshole the whole time. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Like when he saw the was watching the footage of the T1 incident, it seemed like it was like affecting him, like because people were innocent people were dying. Well, quote innocent mm. people were dying. I don't think he would like because our Wesker we're used to is cold blooded Wesker doesn't care, but he seemed like he cared some like when he was watching that. That's why he wanted to stop everything. That's why I kind of think he's we're leaning more to like the anti-hero type Wesker in this case. Could be. It could go either way. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying right now I have my reservations. (laughs) Another thing I want to bring up too is I like I like the whole thing with Simon and having this uh, finding a way to break through the firewall it like yeah I know it was for that but it's they made all of the people there the, even the kids just seem too perfect so having Simon doing this so he can watch porn was just hilarious to me and seemed more like humanizing these people because I mean we dealt with that in high school trying to get through the all the firewalls and shit just to look at stuff in school we did because I didn't I think she means as a whole oh okay as a whole I don't think she specifically is referencing any of us I was like I was like, yeah. did you really do that, Ariel? Were you trying to get past firewalls in school? No, but, you know, we I had mean, yeah, but people <laughs> in school that would try and do that. Yeah, because I did. would get... When I was in, like, computer class, I'd get on, like, MySpace and stuff like that. <laughs> Not me. I just went to school and did my work on the computers. I don't, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> Rebel Ariel. I mean, I wasn't looking up porn and stuff. It was literally like MySpace and shit like that. Like oh, MySpace. Yeah. So you say that now, but at the time it was like the current. Yeah, it was the shit. That's a story for another day. I didn't get. We'll just say I didn't get MySpace until four years after it was out, and it pretty much was dead at that point. <laughs> but yeah, I just like that little making them seem more like normal teenagers. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was like for plot armor purposes. So Jade could have the ability to go talk to Angel, but regardless, I still liked that little part. Speaking of Angel, I want to know what he knows. What he knows about Wesker as far as when he recognized her name, her last name as Wesker, like what influence does that come from? Like if it's the past incident or if he just knows Wesker is cold hearted and how he does things with like with other people type thing or you know what I mean? Is yeah, he- since he's an investigative reporter investigating Umbrella, like he might have seen some shit about Wesker too or uncovered some more information about Wesker. But it just seems like it was like they made that point 
that, you know, the Wesker name is going to come up in something has happened between him and Wesker or not necessarily directly, but something that because maybe he's Wesker's the one that got him fired. Maybe made the call like, you know, IT guy, I can I can get you out of here right now. Well, I think it's a combination between all of those things. I think he saw Wesker's name on a lot of stuff, started poking around. Wesker honored his threats. And it was because Wesker, he started asking Wesker questions that Wesker didn't want anybody to know, like past incidents, you know, what's actually going in with the joy? What's these experiments are, you know, those, those nitty gritty questions. I think that's exactly why he was like, Wesker, because he seemed more panicked than he did excited. He was, he, he seemed a lot more terrified to find out that, oh shit, this is Wesker's daughter. Then it was, uh, oh shit, this is Wesker's daughter. This is my chance. Like, no, he was like, no, please don't tell your dad. <laughs> I used to be an IT guy as well. <laughs> I can't even get a job at Pornhub. <laughs> Ariel, keep that in. Wow. For about Aaron. <laughs> but yeah, that's basically all I wanted to discuss about the then plot. So the only thing I wanted to discuss was... Uh, Billy and the rat. Big difference between the two. That seems like a band name, Billy and the rat. Billy and the rat. It is now in the in the Resident Evil Netflix series universe. Anyway, so Billy and the rat. They had two different kind of results from being injected, or I guess infected. Billy's has been a very slow process, and I feel like, yes, you can argue that the rat is a different case. It's a small creature. It's going to go faster, blah, blah, blah. But Billy hasn't shown any sort of symptoms similar to what the rat did. Well, I think she she showed the anger when she punched the guy. I think that was step one. But other than the, the rat having a smaller body, it potentially, if we're going with the antibody thing that we've talked about, Essentially, the rat doesn't, even taking blood directly from Billy into the rat doesn't necessarily give those antibodies to the rat. True. So maybe it's can't fight off whatever the dog actually had compared to Billy. But I think she had part of it, at least, because when she went all ape on that guy. Mm-hmm. Well, not ape, but that went was all definitely showing the aggression, like the rat slamming against the window. Mm-hmm. Do you think this rat's going to spread the virus? I, I think it could be potential, but it's in Wesker's. I don't know how big his lab, if he's got his own specific, or, you know, if it's a shared lab. If it's his, I don't know. Like, if it's just in his lab, but I could see it getting into a vent or something. guess we'll just have to see if episode three gives us any more insight on that one. <laughs> Because I can't remember, did they did it smash the glass or did it? It was breaking it, but yeah, it, I think it, it was cracking. It didn't get out yet. Okay, I don't think it got out. Because I think, if I remember right, episode one said it was three months prior to the outbreak. So if it is from this rat, it'd be like three months later. 
So I feel like if it was from the rat, it would be a lot sooner. Like the outbreak spreading and everything, unless it just maybe it could spread it to new Raccoon City and Umbrella is just like, okay, kill everybody. Done. Yeah, because even the T-Virus incident in Raccoon City, the original Raccoon City, took place overnight. Like, when it spread. Or, yeah, I think... And it was spread by? Rats. And Hunk. (laughs) Hunky rats. Hunky rats. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's the only thing I wanted to talk about was the comparisons between the, you know, difference between the two of them and their mutations. So, yeah. Well, with all that being said, I think we've talked the then to death. So I guess after our mid-break, we'll come back and talk about the now. Well, here we are in the middle of the episode, Ariel. Yep. Suffle middle in here. Yes! What's the first thing we do? Thank our patrons. Oh, let's go! I figured I'd be nice. I appreciate you. <laughs> Don't get used to it. Uh, so we have to thank our VIP patrons. Chris Slate. Dog 47 Glenn Meeks. Jay Zoobs. Jeremy Kelly. Lord Salazar. Naked Mango. Star Power Bitches. The Compound. The Seven Sins. And Will Jarrett. We also have to thank our all-access patrons. Edward Parks. Remington Cloutier. And our official patrons. Quattro Hawkes. Paul Murphy. Ryan Black. And some random guy. So thank you, patrons. Without you, we wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> Flat out. <laughs> You should come up with something more original because you kind of stole my line. Yeah, I did. How about this one? Or you could just let me say thank you, patrons. We really do appreciate it. Y'all are awesome. And thank you, listeners. Because you're also awesome and without you, we wouldn't have a show. (sighs) It's so true. Patrons and listeners do make the world go round. It is true. Yes. Facts. Hashtag facts. No. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of facts, Ariel, Hmm. what'd you bring for us today? Well, I read an article, much like I always do. Daniel's going to be fond of this one. (gasps) Dino Crisis. I wish. Dino Crisis. (laughs) Oh, you let me down. Right off the bat. Now, this one comes from Games Radar, and the title is Resident Evil fans think a 5 remake is guaranteed after Separate Ways. Oh, yeah. So when Separate Ways was released, players' prayers were finally answered. The DLC chapter follows Ada Wong's adventures, like we all know, of course, and the DLC also includes Albert Wesker. And it's the appearance of the villain that fans think sets up a remake of RE5. And all, it's not a bad theory. Wesker's final line sure does set up the confrontation between himself and Chris in RE5. 
it would be a bit weird if Capcom ended its remake plans there and had players revisiting a 14-year-old game if they wanted to see what became of Wesker's threatening final line, instead of giving them a shiny new remake. We would point to Resident Evil 5 being available on modern platforms to question whether it needs a remake, but then again, so too was RE4 prior to its remake earlier this year. It doesn't really look like ease of access is a concern for Capcom when it comes to remaking its Resident Evil games from scratch over several years of development. So, yeah. That's that. I will have the link for that article in the show notes. And what do you guys think about an RE5 remake? We know that's my favorite of the Resident Evil, so... (laughs) I definitely would look forward to that. As long as the AI is smarter. That's my biggest concern. Okay. My thoughts here? Yeah, I'm sorry, Daniel. It's a no. I feel like everybody's on the hype train of remake everything. That's not what's happening here. Yes, you can argue that the RE4 remake or RE4 original HD was on all modern consoles, but it's been an HD remake since the GameCube. You have to think for a second. We've had two more consoles since then for every um, major console. So you had the Xbox 360 and then you had the Xbox One. You had the PlayStation 3. No, even more. You had the PlayStation 2, the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation 4. The Nintendo had the GameCube, then it had the Wii, then the Wii U, and then the Switch. Like, at least two or three consoles have been in between since the original release of Resident Evil 4. So, Resident Evil 5 hasn't suffered that same exact fate. Resident Evil 5 was very much on modern-day consoles. It came out towards the end of the 360's lifespan and was adopted into the Xbox One upon release. So we don't really have that same kind of outdated styling. But the AI does suck. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel, I'm just spitting facts. <laughs> we'll see. I guess why I had it for PS3. You did. But you're only one console back further if you're saying for RE4. One console is usually five to ten years. Still. That's five to ten years. Capcom can keep making bank if they keep remaking games like we could be decades down the road and they can remake our re4 again because of newer gen graphics yeah but re5 was already made in re engine what are your thoughts ariel i wouldn't mind an re5 remake i know a lot of people are like about it but honestly i wouldn't mind it the way they're doing all these remakes save for them cutting a lot out in three, have been phenomenal. However, I will add to that, I would like to see some remakes of other stuff first, before they do five. (laughs) Yes, and Dino Crisis, come on, Capcom. (laughs) But, yeah, I would love to see remakes before they decide to do five. So, such as, obviously, Code Veronica. Mm -hmm. However, four itself the four remake definitely set it up 
for a Dark Side Chronicles remake. Mm -hmm. Because with everything with Krauser, mm -hmm. they went deep into Javier, which happened in Dark Side Chronicles. Mm -hmm. And I think they set that up for that remake, which is great. So let's do that too. And then maybe after that, then let's do a five remake. I, you know, I'm fine with a remake. I just want them to do other remakes first. Yeah. You got zero and one still. Which well, would be awesome. Those are ones too that I'm, I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to see all of them remade. Don't get me wrong with Ariel on this, but if we're looking at it realistically, zero and one probably aren't going to get a remake anytime soon. Yes, you can make the argument that Zero came out on the GameCube and it is just as old as Resident Evil 4, if not older. <sighs> but it wasn't really a popular seller when it first came out. I think you're somebody who works for Capcom that shoots all these other people down. <laughs> no, that's not happening. And one's already had a remake. Just and not in, like, with the remakes mm -hmm. that they're doing now. Mm-hmm. Because I would love to see a remake of how they're doing it now, like with the start of RE2 remake. With all of that having a original Resident Evil 1. Yep. And I would like to see that for both Zero and 1 too. Oh, absolutely. But I'm with Ariel. I think Veronica is going to get done first. And then we're probably going to get a uh, Darkseid Chronicles. I'd like to see some... Oh, what was that one where you were playing Survivors? Outbreak. Outbreaks, yes. File 1 and 2. I'd like to see some remakes of Outbreak File 1 and 2s before we cross into main games, just because everybody's kind of hungry for multiplayer games nowadays. Resident Evil doesn't really offer that much very often. And with the way they set up 1 and 2, they could do a lot with it. Mm-hmm. You could have full-blown eight-man survivor teams for Outbreak Remakes File 1 and 2. Oh, yeah. Like, they... Yeah. They could do a lot with it. But, yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with it is realistically looking at it. Five's not going to be remade anytime soon. Dino Crisis, then. Dino Crisis is. No arguments here. Yeah. Watch, though. Like, just watch. Five will be the next remake they do. I would be Just disappointed. Watch. I would be disappointed. Thank you, Capcom. <sighs> anyway, I didn't. I didn't realize that was going to spark such a debate in the middle of this. My <laughs> bad. That's because you hate five. I don't hate. Nope. Five. I'm going with you. Hate five. I don't care what you. Daniel, say. would you bring? <laughs> well, now that I'm hurt, I'm going to have to heal myself with uh, some healing herbs from Resident Evil, which just works perfectly for me. So, if you're ever bit by a zombie or BOW on Etsy through the store Killcade you can get the Resident Evil Herbs Vial Props. And they have different variants. One where it's fully filled with green, or you can get a mixture of like red and green, yellow green, all different ones that they have. They have plenty of options. Looks like they run $20 a piece. Some of them are $25, and then you can get a full set for $80. But they run $20 each at least, and shipping is $4.20, and it ships out of Texas. Ooh. But that is on 
Kilcade on Etsy. So just remember if you're ever hurt when Aaron doesn't want a five remake for you <laughs> or you get bit by a zombie or a BOW, this may be what helps you. <laughs> please please, please no herbs probably are not for <laughs> actual up. use. <laughs> Shut up, Daniel. That's my disclaimer. Aaron will keep that in there. <laughs> oh my god. I'm done with you. No, you're not. Not even close. So, I also brought something from Etsy. But mine's more on the useful side of things. <laughs> Mine is useful for when you hurt me. Um, What if I told you that you're cutting your pizza wrong? I'll tell you I'm an adult and I do what I want. <laughs> what if I told you I could help you cut your pizza the right way? So you're going to cut it for me? No, but I am going to give you the right tool. Which is a hand axe with a pizza cutter in the head. In the head. <laughs> so if you go on Etsy right now to Spoon Lagoon as the creator, you can buy a Resident Evil 4 Un Forstero. Un Forstero. Pizza cutter axe. It has the beginning Ganados that you run into in the very start of Resident Evil 4. And it has Un Forstero across the handle. You have to say it with the same... I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> uh, it is really cool looking. It does look like a legitimate axe and it has the pizza cutter head embedded into the axe blade. So it's pretty useful. It's pretty good. $20.24. Not bad either. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> it's handmade, made to order, and ships worldwide from the United Kingdom. That puts your shipping price, however, at a $8.94 to come to the U.S. So, eh, it's not bad. But they do have several other kitchen utensils and containers and things on this store as well. So, go check them out. Link will be in the show notes below. And get yourself a really kick-ass pizza cutter axe. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I actually really do want it. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of the mid-break, Ariel. Yep. Except for the fact that we have to talk about scream streams. Boo. Ah. Boo. You're supposed to do it with more emphasis. Boo. Boo. Oh, gosh. So myself, Daniel, and a few other hosts from the Bumbling Four are doing scream streams right now on Twitch. Um, we will be twitching. <laughs> we will be Twitch streaming. Uh, Daniel has an herb for that. <laughs> Just talked about it. Uh, every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Central and Saturdays at 9 p.m. Central. Uh, this week, we have done on the 18th, Project Winter and In Silence. And on Saturday... We are going to be playing Fear Therapy and Labyrinthian. So uh, if you want to come hang out with us, you can check the show notes below, I believe, Ariel. Mm -hmm. Get our uh, Twitch stream links. Um, but if you don't want to bother with that, my handle is Almighty Crit on Twitch. And Daniel's is Fumbling for Daniel. And you stream other nights too, don't you? Yes, I stream Mondays and Thursdays at around 7 p.m. Central Time. Ooh. So go check us out there. 
come hang out with us. Yeah, except for me. <sighs> Currently. Currently. We're working on it, Ariel. We're getting you in. I'm not working on it. I am. <laughs> then Ariel can scream stream with us. Woo! Woo. As long as she just kills your characters. Woo woo. I hate you. <laughs> Why are you staring at me? Because that's it. I'm done. Okay, cool. Why are you staring at me? I guess I end the mid-break now? Yeah. Okay, I guess we're ending the mid-break now. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the end of the show. Let's just roll into the end of the episode. But first, roll Stop out over it. to Fan Roll Dice. <laughs> Use our promo code almightyc 10 and save yourself 10% off Dice, dice trays, dice towers, dice bags, all dice accessories. They have metal, resin, wooden, rubber, gemstone. Also, their new liquid core dice, which is super awesome. I have the simmering coal or something like that. Super cool. Love it. Then, while you're at it, you can switch on over to Nixie Gaming, use our promo code LOZLore, and save yourself 10% off. Switch accessories. They have things like docking stations and cases and controllers and cords and whatever it is you need, plus their new thing they have now is the GameCube controller. But you should definitely go buy one. They are pretty awesome. Go relive some of your childhood days with the GameCube controller for your Switch. And then when you are feeling tired and need a little pick-me-up, you can zoom on over to Dubby Energy. Dubby Energy. I'm just going to need to clip Mango saying it. (laughs) And use our promo code FUMBLING4, which is FUMBLING and the number 4, and save yourself 10% off tubs of W energy drinks and they have like different flavors like beach and peach and calio cream and dub sludge i just love that name <laughs> i might buy you a tub of dub sludge Honestly, I'd probably like that beach and peach because it was like peach and mango or something like that. And that just sounds delicious. So I think we'll have to get you a tub. I don't know, though, because the dub sludge is just fun to say. Dub sludge. I just have fun saying it. But yeah, anyways, head on over there, zoom on over there and check out what they have and you can save yourself 10% off. healthier, cheaper alternative to energy drinks. And Mango says it tastes fire as fuck. Boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, So that's it for our sponsors. For now. For now. Go check out LZ. They have a bunch more. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're going to have more coming here soon. Especially for you PC gamers. So with that being said, though, Let's go ahead and head to the end of the episode. Well, here we are. Back from mid-break. 
couple ending in here. Oh, I didn't even get to say it at the end of the episode. <laughs> okay, Ariel, what are we talking about? Oh, wow. You can stop anytime now. I can't. <laughs> it's the only way I get attention. Okay, <laughs> so I'm just not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. And we're going to talk about the now in 2036. Ooh. So, basic rundown of the plot here. Jade had jumped out into the dead land sticks her landing miraculously doesn't get seriously hurt from that jump and takes off the umbrella soldiers are ordered by Baxter to protect her essentially by killing off the zeros around her Yen comes back with a modified car she jumps on, they take off. They stop by a tunnel, this little tunnel area. He's like, no, you need to get away from me because Umbrella's coming for you and I don't want to get killed. And she's like, oh, I can help you. Let's work together. Blah, blah. He ends up getting eaten by zeros. She takes the car and takes off. She drives out to Dover to their freehold. She sneaks in, doesn't attract anybody, goes to an apartment building, knocks on the doors looking for Barry. Not our Barry, though. I know. Not our Barry. Mm. His wife answers the door, does not want her to come in. But she insists and barges her way in, essentially. Saying Barry's not home, he's gone. Whatever. She comes in anyways. So, she's talking to Melinda, the wife. Who is super crazy cat lady. On first appearance. And starts asking her about Barry. Come to find out, though, that Umbrella was now contracted for protection in the Dover Freehold. So, Jade isn't too happy about that. Basically, Jade's like, I need to be smuggled. Barry was my guy. Help me out. She keeps hearing a noise in the bathroom, Jade does, and Melinda's like, oh no, you know, there's nothing there. Oh, you know. Don't go in there. And of course, Jade does. To find Barry, who is now a zero, handcuffed to a pipe in the bathroom. She freaks out, sees all the dead cats in the tub, starts freaking out more. Because that's why she's a crazy cat lady. She's feeding it to her zombie husband. She asks Melinda where his little book is. That has the contacts for, you know, human smugglers, traffickers, whatever it was you want to call them. She says, <laughs> it's in his pocket. So, Jade goes back in, tries to get the book. He ends up disgustingly ripping his hand apart, you know, coming free and attacks Melinda. Jade ends up saving her. Before she gets bitten, 
Though now she's super pissed because her husband's dead. Yeah. No, hey, thanks for saving my life. Nothing. How dare you kill my husband? Yeah, she's not all there. So Jade takes the book and leaves. Later on, Baxter comes now, because, you know, that's how we do. Sits down and talks to Melinda. Melinda just goes ahead and spills how Jade was there looking for Barry, though he's gone. Of course, the mess is cleaned up. She offers uh, him a cookie, which he takes. Disgusted that it's oatmeal and that there's hair in it. Because, you know, cats. It's gross. Okay? <laughs> it's gross. And then she happens to make another remark about how he can't use the bathroom. So, now Jade is making her way into Perseverance Tavern. Finds her way to Charon, a human trafficker who takes hefty payments to take people to Calais. She says, oh, Barry sent me. But he's dead. And he's like, okay, cool, you're paying his tab. As well as your share. She wasn't very happy about that. She ends up stealing a token from a drunk asshole. That's what they label him. Drunk asshole. Doesn't have a name. It's just an asshole. So she takes the token and takes off. She heads to the pier and hides herself among the refugees. The ferry arrives. The trafficker starts talking to them and all of a sudden everybody gets shot. whole bunch of umbrella soldiers and an armed drone come and just start shooting everybody. While Baxter looks on from his stationary vehicle. Of course, because why would he get his hands dirty? Except he did kind of in the first episode was shooting the guy in the head. So the end of that is basically her running away from all this shooting. Ta-da! The end. <sighs> A lot of fucked up shit in this one. <laughs> All right, where do we want to start with this one? Because this is going to be another doozy of a talk. Well, let's just start from the beginning. So, yeah, she sticks that landing like it's nothing. Because she's kind of like, oh, ouch, hurt a little bit. But hey, I'm up and running. I'm pretty sure both of my legs would just crumble three foot or three foot yeah three foot drop three story drop is what it looked like yeah pretty high mm-hmm yeah and yeah you can make the argument that it was into sand but sand still no i thought she landed on the vehicle didn't she yeah she landed on a vehicle that's and even then, like, worse plopped on the ground it just <sighs> yeah so what I'm thinking is there's, of course, more going on with why she was able to do that and not really get hurt. So I think there's more going on now. Her legs had plot armor. Yeah, her, 
Her whole body was protected by plot armor. You know, I'm going to be pissed if that's actually the case, that her legs had plot armor. And it's not like some sort of like mutation or something. I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> it's like Under Armour, but it says plot on it. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, she just hops on and yeets the fuck out. Okay. So she jumps on the back of this guy's car after asking him to stop, and he does. And then he has a problem with her continuing with him down the road. Yeah, I think it was initially like, I'm not really that bad of a guy. I'll save you from this part, but I'm getting the fuck out and you need to leave me alone. I'm not that nice of a guy type of thing. I think at first he was genuinely like, okay, I'm going to help you because, you know, I want to see you die. I'm not that much of an asshole. But then once they had gotten away, a ways... Then he was like, okay, get the fuck away from me. I don't want to deal with Umbrella. Can we talk about the spikes they put on those bridges? Ooh. That's pretty fucking smart, though. Yeah. Scoop off the zombies before you continue. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Definitely. <sighs> it was ironic that he died complaining that he didn't want to die. That's why he doesn't want to help her. Oh, the irony. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't really think there's much reason to focus on this part of it. Do you guys? No. I really want to focus on Barry. That whole Barry situation. Not my Barry. Not my Barry. I think I even said that during this episode. <laughs> That's not my Barry. Oh, okay. Barry is now like helping smuggle people. Cool. His wife is psychotic. She's like just way off the deep end now. I think she was before. <laughs> uh, probably. Like she even said that Barry had done that himself, handcuffing himself to the pipe so because he knew he was infected and he didn't want to kill Melinda Eater. But then she went to the whole thing of like taking in cats and feeding him cats and you're crazy. I get, oh, that's my husband and I love him. You've gone off the deep end. In the great words of Jade, that's fucked. That is really fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I felt sorry for the cats. I know. Poor cats. Didn't deserve that kind of fate. Yeah. And the, the you, we got our first hint of it because she couldn't remember like the cats' names or anything when they were talking about the cats and why she has so many and everything else, she's like, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Like she was kind of nonchalant about it. Like I've never met an animal owner. that doesn't know their pets. Even having like 50 different cats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
And of course, Umbrella would be like everywhere, even after the apocalypse. Like they're everywhere. Oh, you need protection? Well, we got you. Assholes. Yeah. The the whole that whole freaking thing was just. I don't know, it was weird. I think that's how they <laughs> wanted to portray it. To show how some people have, had lost it during the instance. Yeah, that even though that there's still like several million people alive that and they have all these settlements that yeah, people still are fucking nuts. Uh, well, it's not so much that. It's more of the whole situation with Barry handcuffing himself in the bathroom. and it, Like, why wouldn't Barry just wander away? And it's maybe it's more work for him to get out of where they're at than it is to... Then turn himself in, being like, I'm infected. And maybe he was taking a chicken approach, too, and knew that if he turned himself in, they'd just shoot him immediately, and he didn't want to deal with that. Or they would potentially off Melinda, too. Maybe he really didn't want nothing to happen to her. I mean, handcuffing himself, that's that potential. Yeah. But maybe he thought the worst of the two evils was Umbrella would be, like, just, you know, scorched earth, get rid of her and him. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like after he got bit on his last little conquest or whatever, he should have just not come home. It's kind of my thing. Probably meant smarter. Probably could have just flew his plane or whatever it was, boat, whatever, out in the middle of nowhere and just turned there if he was a chicken and didn't want to die. Like, could have just turned out there and not put your wife in jeopardy. Maybe he wanted to say his final goodbyes. I mean, yeah, I could get that too, but even then, like, say goodbyes and then fuck off. <laughs> Well, and if Umbrella does all these screenings and whatever they do to... Like, I know there's a lot of people in these settlements, but they've still got to be doing something to prevent infection. If you've got, let's say, 30 million people. Yeah. Mm. Just the whole thing just kind of... There's a lot more questions with Barry coming back and handcuffing himself than there are answers. But... That's the part that felt weird to me. I mean, the crazy cat lady, you know, all that stuff. Like, okay, yeah, that's typical trope. That's fine. The whole Barry coming back. You know, the argument can also be made that Barry didn't know he was infected until it was too late. Or, yeah, he was, he got infected, but didn't know. Maybe he didn't know what happens. Or, like, maybe he was just in denial and didn't want to, you know, face the fact that he was bitten and he was going to turn kind of in denial but then when a symptom started happening he was like okay yeah this is real and I mm -hmm. should go handcuff myself yeah I mean there's like I said a number of reasons why it was weird to me but it all comes down to one simple fact she got ousted Jade had to take off again and uh, we get to the bar scene and Apparently, there's bad blood between this dude and Barry, so now she's got to pay twice the amount. Like, that just seemed really unnecessary. Yeah. 
Guy's dead. She said he was dead. You're going to make her pay a dead man's tab? Yeah, it's not like... I'm sorry, but that that whole thing always just pissed me off and anything. Oh, yeah, because... He had to have known, like, no, she's not going to pay for his tab. So he lost out in money even more so, essentially, because he could have still taken her money or, you know, whatever, because it was it's not money. Yeah, but, like, he could have taken her payment, but he didn't because he wanted her to pay for both. He ended up losing even more money in the end. Think smarter, dude. Well, not to mention, who's going to pay their friend's fucking tab? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but if I was a life or death situation and I need to get the fuck out of here and you were like, not to your pretty friend's tab, and be like, fuck my friend. If he's got some problem with you, then it's not my problem. That's his problem. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll help bail my friends out whenever I can. But like at this point, it's my life and that dude's dead. So my friend's dead. It really doesn't matter to me. Not my fucking problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that whole thing just another thing that 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 just really irritates me. Yeah, because then she like very easily stole the alcohol, mm-hmm. set it down in front of the random guy and took his token and then nothing. Like he's not like, "Oh, you just took my fucking token." Like nothing. Nothing. Just All of that was completely unnecessary, not really relevant. You could have just had the dude accept her thing, bitch about him having a tab, and then been done with it. Yeah. Don't suppose you can pay for Barry's tab. No, I don't suppose I could. Take the token and leave. Yeah, bingo. Done. Plot <laughs> plot continues to evolve. Oh. <laughs> uh, Again, it's another trope that they do in these kind of shows and movies that just pisses me off. It's like, no, when, when have you ever had a business turn somebody down because they're friend? didn't pay a tab they're not holding you liable it's a whole mm. anyway so we we get to the docks at this point and everybody's getting lit the fuck up by drones yeah i mean you were talking last last episode about like the evolution of technology still happening now we have like these big armored drones Mm -hmm. just flying around killing everybody just and it's destroying an entire crowd of people it's not just focusing on like certain ones they're killing tons of innocent people oh yeah it's umbrella they don't get a flying fuck and I get these people are somehow breaking the law I'm assuming that's what this whole transport thing is like they're not allowed to leave or something I don't know but to kill them all yeah, that's very much an umbrella move. Yeah. Such a waste of bullets. Well, it could also have been a power show mm-hmm. to show for Jade. And why, if these drones are so technologically advanced, why didn't they, like, take her down? Not necessarily, like, kill her, but, like, maim her where she can't run away or something like that. You yeah, know, I'm you- sure you could put in, like, darts, like tranquilizers mm-hmm. instead of bullets yeah. in these things and just fucking trank her. Well, not to mention where the fuck were they when it was time to come get her. If she's this been this big of a pain in the ass for them this many years, then why aren't they taking her more serious? Yeah, they could have Navy sealed over like that dock area where she was at, surrounded the mall. Mm-hmm. Like 
the thing brings back like the first episode. You had all those umbrella soldiers shooting all these quote innocent scavengers, and yet not one of them can do anything to stop her from running around this entire encampment to get out. Yeah, these aren't stormtroopers. <laughs> the the other thing I wanted to bring up last episode that I forgot to was the whole there's no security guard at Umbrella headquarters in the in the then incident when they broke in initially tell me there's no physical security on the site well that could have been so like who breaks in you know what I mean like Umbrella could have been so set in their ways at this point that they'd never had a break in that they probably originally when they first started doing this stuff Uh, mm, I know what you're saying mm. they probably had a security guard in the beginning and then it was like why do we pay this person when we've never had a break in 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 10 years so now the AI is good enough to say hey whether we've got an intruder or somebody's trying to get in that can't because it's like you know they don't have the proper clearance boom your deterrence right there that you're in a a super good community that does they had the one guard because remember she said to fire the night guard and the other guy was like it was it's his first day or something or he's new and she's like I didn't remember that yeah fire him because he kept pressing to not get him fired and then he was like alright I'll do it so okay so they did have a security on I just don't remember that line but either way well yeah but where's he at where's the station Yeah, that was the whole thing. The building alarms are going off for how fucking long and nobody responded. Well, how big is the facility? If you have one security guard, where does he patrol? Yeah. It was a whole thing. But then that's the reason I bring it up now is because we're talking about the security teams of, you know, years in the future. They've had time to improve. They're still, yeah, they've had time to improve and they're still just as incompetent as they were before. Like, you've got you've got this wanted fugitive you haven't been able to capture all this time and you let her go because you can't catch her with your armed guards and you don't bring your drones and now we're in a situation where they bring just the drones and a few handful of guards and she's still getting away now I don't think by the end of the episode she's gotten away but she's in the process of getting away so again what are we doing with our lives here umbrella (laughs) You literally make biologically engineered weapons and you can't capture one person. Seems to be a thing with Umbrella. With no guns. No, no, nothing. You've got nothing to defend yourself and you can't capture them? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. Like, at this point, I I don't know if Jade actually has any formal training military. You know, like Chris, Jill, Leon, all of them. It could be understandable that they kick Umbrella's ass all the time because they've got exquisite training but I don't know if Jade has any of that so how the fuck is she getting away university taught her university university (sighs) just I hope going forward a lot of these questions are answered or it's gonna bug the hell out of me so is there anything else you guys want to talk about Uh, I don't know if I have anything currently I'll probably remember episode three and be like, oh, yeah, episode two. That's exactly what happened to me. (laughs) You know how this has nothing to do with the show, sort of. This is just my little thing. You know how, like, Jada works for the university. Yeah. Right? So it makes me think of Ada 
and the organization. Because she works for the organization. So it's their Easter egg of the two organizations together? I don't know. That's just what makes me think of it. Like, the university. I'm curious to see where this comes from. Because, yeah, now now that you mentioned that. I hope we get some type of, like, background flashback to, like, seeing the university. If we don't, I don't know if we'll actually get to see it. You know what I mean? Like, but I'm hoping, like, they at least flashback to it. Like, either her training or something, like, or her leaving to go to that research assignment where this all started with us in 2036. Well, I feel like all of this, because there's eight episodes in total, I feel all like all of this is going to boil to a certain point where we're going to have finally met the then and now. Or at least branch them close enough to be at a point where we can fill in the rest of these gaps. Yeah, because I mean, eventually, even if they say they were allowed to have other seasons, eventually you would get to the point, if it doesn't in this, of after the incident. Because this part in the then is right before the incident. Eventually they'll get to the incident afterwards. So would they then just go to the 2036 timeline? Or then would they try to do... Like, what happened right after? And you just keep doing it that way. I mean, it would have been possible. Era the Arrowverse Arrow, they did that in on CW mm-hmm. a lot. Like, there was seven seasons, and there was still flashback episodes all the time. Like, with new information. Like, he did counter somebody, and it was somebody from the past. So, I mean, I could see it, but it, I don't know what Netflix originally had planned. I really want to see their script for season two. I'm not. I'm still. I'm still not choosing an emotion, whether excited or disappointed that they've canceled and not do it. You know, decided to continue the series. I think I'll. I'll come to that decision closer to the eighth episode. But I would be interested to see right now what the second season would have held. Completely unrelated. Netflix, if you're listening right now, Could you, you sh- should completely pick up alphas and continue on with that. <laughs> Get your shit together. Alphas. <laughs> Fix Warehouse 13 sending. Yeah. <laughs> just remake the last episode. Just, just stop fucking things up. Well, alphas <laughs> are sci-fi. And then go fix everybody else's fuck-ups. Yeah. I'm just saying I really liked Alphas, and I need to know what happened. And it both, like, the writer's freak. So, yeah. Come on, Netflix, if you're listening right now, you should pick it up. Get your shit together. (laughs) Not while you're saying get your shit together. Just pick it up. (laughs) Oh. Well, with all that being said... I think it's time for us to end this episode. So thank you all for listening. Don't forget to check out our merch store, fumblingforstore.com. That's fumbling number four store.com. Check out, get yourself some pretty cool goodies, more art and merchandise to come. So keep an eye out there and uh, be sure to hang out with us on our streams during scream stream. So uh, with that being said, 
Thank you all for listening. Tune in next week. Bye. Bye there. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a comment and review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at RE Lurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember, we might have something that might interest you, stranger.